It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. No sooner, boys, my brothers, they my friends. Final hour of the rush. Head coach Bob Stoops joins us this segment. Bob, uh, thanks for joining us today. That sounds a lot better when Malcolm Kelly does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we were we were talking earlier that uh, fans who have attended an Arlington Renegades home game this year, they sure have gotten their money's worth. You get a two-point stop late in the game in week one and then a late score on Sunday and a late defensive stop. Uh, man, those have been two pretty exciting home games up to this point. Yeah, I'm used to being on the other side where we don't have the – we had all the so many games where they weren't close when we're scoring 50s and 60s. So uh, we uh, hopefully we can stretch out these leads a little bit. Now, heading into week four, uh, got the Battle Hawks. What's what's kind of the thoughts heading into this week's game? Yeah, it's uh, go to St. Louis. They'll have a big crowd. They've sold. Oh gosh, I think they've sold over 40,000 season tickets. So that'll be fun. It's always fun to go on the road and play. Uh, you know, with the crowd cheering against you. So, uh, A.J. McCarron, you know, has been, a, you know, and rightfully so, has been a, a big deal so far in the way he's played. He's done a really good job. They're 2-1, and one, we're 2-1, so it'll be an exciting, fun game. Yeah, A.J. McCarron's played pretty well so far. I, I He had a pretty cool comment, I think, last week. It was, you know, I could have played another year in the NFL and probably been a backup somewhere but I wanted my young son to see me play because he's always pulling up old YouTube highlights of me. So I, I know you don't want him to, him to throw four touchdowns or anything again on Sunday, but I guess that's just something that this league provides, which is uh, pretty cool for him. Absolutely. I, I saw that and read it. And I saw him with his kids after the game. I thought it was awesome. Uh, just really, uh, really neat to see. And, and you're right. This is what this league provides. Is, a, is an opportunity for a lot of these guys. And so uh, he's making the most of it. Uh, good for him. And, yeah, hopefully we can play a good game, though, against him. You know, uh, some of the stuff that's been in the news here for the Sooners recently is the, uh, you know, some of the SEC scheduling, perhaps whenever they head that way. And nothing is official, but sounds like there's maybe some, a lot of smoke around Oklahoma having some permanent opponents in. Uh, obviously, OU Texas, then Missouri, and you know, I think an interesting one that a lot of people seem to really like is is Florida. What would you think of those three permanent opponents? Uh, I, they sound great. I mean, um, you know, you got to have Texas, and uh, but anyway, um, that'd be awesome. I, I'm I'm for all of it, you know. So, uh, um, you know, it, they sound great. You know, playing Florida every year it always would be exciting for everybody. Do you think that would turn into a rivalry? You coached at both places. You know what the Florida fans are like, I'm sure. You definitely know what OU fans are like. Do you think that could turn into a, a fun little rivalry between those two schools if they play every year? Well, every everybody will be. I mean, you know, shoot, uh, us in Missouri had a had a lot of good matches, you know, when 
Chase Daniels was there and in and, and championship games and so they would be too. So anyone that you're going to play every year, you know, should and or could turn into a, you know, an exciting game for everybody to want to be at. I, I think one of the and Joe Castiglione said this today, um, kind of talking about no matter what format they go with, every four years you're going to be able to play every school in the SEC, both home and away, and. Like to me, that's the biggest thing. You know, we've seen the SEC for a long time. Like some of these matchups, just you know, haven't happened. Like a like a Georgia hasn't gone to Alabama in twenty years, or or whatever those cases may be. The fact that you, during a, a kid's tenure at a school, cycle through every program, both home and away, I thought that sounded really cool. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, that's that's part of the reason you know this is all happening is. That creates excitement to fill 85,000-seat stadiums and skyboxes and all of that, and you get a chance to experience the other campus, you know, um, all the different campuses. It's, it's, uh, I think it sounds great. You had a former player on campus this weekend, this past weekend, because he has two sons who are now both offered by OU. And I won't ask you about the two recruits, but I will ask you about the dad Mike Hawkins, because he has a very interesting story. What he was was he at OU only for one year in in '02, goes to the Arena League, and then finds himself in in the NFL. How, how did that one work out? Yeah, Michael was an incredibly talented guy. Um, you know, just you know, there's a lot of different parts around being in college, and and, uh, and the way that's all going to work. Some of it, you know, didn't work so well. You know, with, with Michael, the the football piece of it was always easy. Uh, incredibly talented guy, and so it's not surprising that he has, you know, sons that are, you know, that are, you know, talented that way. So I wish Mike the best. I hope he's doing well, and I'm sure, if, uh, hopefully, if his sons come here, I'll have a chance to reconnect with them. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got some good players. Obviously, he was uh, he was an incredible athlete. So we'll see how that works out. Um, one last thing that, that I wanted to ask you about is. You know, they were talking today at the Regents meeting. They were approving some of the facility stuff. And, man, the football, $175 million football facility, uh, practice fill, weight room, meeting rooms, locker rooms. Uh, sounds like it's going to be east of the stadium there. Boy, that is – that's a massive investment in the future. Well, sure it is. And, and again, I, I think part of the – everything that's happening and in changing conferences and building this up, um, it all goes together. Um, you know, you, you no one, you, you can't stay the same or you can't just stand pat. You, you got to continue to move and move forward. And it sounds like we are in a really positive way, the way this is happening. And, and I think again, this, this move to the SEC can really, I think, boost us. And I, I'm smart enough to know, I understand the team's, will be playing against, but still overall, I think it can boost the program. It's pretty wild. And I know, uh, you know, I guess, geez, 25 years is a long time, but in other aspects, aspects, it's not. Just to think of, like, the facilities whenever you showed up at Oklahoma oh, to geez. where they are now, it's incredible, isn't it? You have no idea how, how <laughs> the, the, the bad shape we were in, Teddy, because we even improved it before you got there. Yeah, and it, it was, you got there in our early years, but it was it was pitiful uh, when we walked in there, and and I'll, I'll you know, but true, we didn't have the money then. Remember, we were losing money back then. Yeah, 
uh, the, the football program. But little by little, whatever we did have, even in that first year, Joe Castiglione and President Boren at the time invested what they could in improving what we had. And, and little by little, we kept improving it, the more money and, and success we had. And, you know, and it, I, that's what I'm, I'm happy now that it's not stopping. We've got to continue to move forward. Yep, good stuff. Coach, uh, good luck this Sunday, 3 o'clock ESPN2. Go be playing in the Dome up there in St. Louis. Go get a win. All right, guys, appreciate it. All the best. Boomer Sooner. All right, Coach, good stuff there. There you um, go. Are they playing in the uh, Edwards Jones, Edward Jones Dome? Is this, that what they're, they're playing at? This, well, what I'm looking at says the Dome at America Center. Okay, because that's – the Rams used to play in a Dome. Right, a show on turf, yeah. and they even hosted a Big Twelve championship there one time. So I didn't know if the that, that was building the was Texas Colorado played there, didn't they? No, Texas no? Colorado played at um... Jerry's World, or not uh, the old yeah. Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, I didn't know if they tore it down or not up there in St. Louis. He, did he say they sold over forty thousand season t- tickets up that, there in St. Louis? That's what he said. Jeez. That's what he said. Battle Hawks, uh, AJ McCarron. That's, that's a cool story. Uh, all right. So main takeaways out of the OU Board of Regents meeting today. That $175 million football facility. Yeah. Joe C. says it's going to include everything you could think of, from practice fields to strength and conditioning, training, recovery, nutrition, dining areas, meeting rooms, locker rooms, so many different elements. It basically sounds like everything that they need, everything they need to operate on a daily basis is going to be all under one roof, which which hasn't been the case, right? Right. Yeah, there's – you know, if, if you've got a day where you're trying to, like I said, you know, previously, the biggest hurdle, biggest obstacle that football programs have to deal with is the 20 hour rule, 20 hours a week of, of mandatory activities. And imagine if, you know, all of a sudden a storm rolls in and you're supposed to, you're going to have practice outdoors which is right outside the switzer center but now you've got to move it indoors you got to move all those people all the way down to where the indoor is and i know it's not that far but you're moving 200 people it's time loss is what it is it's it's just it's an incredible amount of time it's it's more time than it should take you you need to have everything right there in in one spot where you can do it all, you can transition quickly as things come up. They often do. Um, weight room right there, training room right there, everything right there at your disposal quickly, efficiently. So, Josie also said, uh, yeah, the SEC hasn't decided yet if there'll be eight or nine conference games and who the three permanent opponents will be. So I know we've talked a lot about OU Florida here recently. That's been floated out recently. Josie's saying, no, no final decisions have been made yet, but they have agreed on each school rotating to visit every school once every four years, which you and I absolutely love. And I think as a fan, and for all you uh, season ticket holders out there, this is where you're going to get the best bang for your buck. You're going to see every single SEC team in Norman every four years, and that's exactly what you want. I think that's awesome. That's it. That's what you want. That's amazing. That guarantees you that oh, probably at least, at least on the low end, two of your conference games, you're going to look at and say, whoa, this is going to be a big-time football game. And on some years, it could be three or four conference games where you're saying, 
wow, this is a loaded home schedule. Yeah, well, it, depending on how it all falls, you're right. It, it may be one year you've got a roadblock to making the SEC championship. Another year you've got a runway. And, you know, it just maybe depends on how they set all that scheduling and yeah. and how it all falls. But We haven't talked about that a lot in the past with, with OU teams. It's, no. well, the schedule, it uh, – doesn't set up what the schedule normally is. Okay, well, they're better than at least 11 of the 12 teams that they're going to play. If they're as good as we think, then they're going to run. Now it kind of schedule will matter at least a, a little bit. Well, yeah. what's going to be interesting is the schedule release matters, right? Because like, I don't know if they're going to have a set rotation. Like you play on year one, you play your automatic three teams. And then you play your six other schools. And then on year two, do you just swap the home and in a way of what you played in year one? Or is it just a whole new group? Like you don't yeah. you don't you understand what I'm saying? Sure. Like through those four years, like you may play every school home and away in four years, but it may not be like a uniform way how it unfolds. Like you may play Alabama at home in year one and play Alabama on the road in year four. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and if that's how it happens, that schedule unveiling is going to be uh, something that's really interesting. Uh, let's see. OU assistants, Beedenboe, Chavis, B. Hall, J. Valai, Joe John, DeMarco, all extended through 2024. Bates and Levy extended through 2025. DeMarco got a $115,000 raise today. Congratulations to him. OU has an assistant football uh, salary pool for their assistants, $7.775 million, which nice. is going to rank up there with uh, the big boys in the sport. Their highest paid uh, assistant is Jeff Levy at $1.9 million. Lowest paid is B. Hall, Brandon Hall at three hundred fifty dollars Which just a uh, you know, disclaimer, you said that it puts them up, up there with the tops in college football, but – you don't have any data to back that up. It's just a guess. Uh, no, I, I did see some number. I can't remember what is the exact number, but Bama wasn't too far ahead. Okay. All you right. think I was just making it up just because it sounds good? It's kind of, that's usually what I do. Yeah, well, it, it works. <laughs> All right, let's uh, hit it. Oh, well, you, oh. Are you buffoons getting commission from season ticket sales? Can we? Is that an option that's on the table? I'd love to do that. Unfortunately, it's not. Um Dang, I, I wish we could. I can say some things that'll try and sell some season tickets with what your schedule's about to look like. I can I can make that happen. I, it'd be dumb to pay uh, a commission on it. It's going to sell itself. I mean, I may be a buffoon, but I'm smart enough to realize that people are going to line up in droves after a home schedule that has, what is it, UCF, um, TCU, TCU. God, who else do you play this year? West I'm Virginia. Block this from my memory. The former Arkansas we, State and SMU. We play all the former non-power five schools on our schedule this year. Yeah, it's not much of a stretch to to say that people are going to line up and be enthusiastic and happy to come see the likes of Tennessee, Florida. Well, who are the Georgia. schools? Who are the schools that won't generate excitement? That will that will come here. No one for the first four years. You think even Vandy? There'll yeah. be at least some. Okay. Why not? I mean, 
Vanderbilt is I'm not suggesting that it's a good program, but it's someone new that you haven't seen in your stadium. Fair point. As far as I know, ever. And it's clearly not going to be like playing Tennessee at home or Georgia at home, but it's better than playing the same team that you've played at home that's been terrible for 50 years in Kansas. It's just someone new. Yeah. Well, and there, and what's good about it is I imagine that there's going to be a lot of Vanderbilt fans, and I say a lot, like whatever that may mean, there's going to be Vanderbilt fans that come here in bigger numbers than obviously Kansas or probably anyone else in the Big 12 because they've never been here before. I know. How are we going to react when Vanderbilt sells out their uh, ticket allotment here in Norman when nobody else in the Big 12 has done that for about 10 years? Now, I think we got a text on it, and it's been a while, but did they say that in the SEC the mandate is 4,000? We did get a text on that. 7,000. I, I, I don't know what the, the mandate is for visiting season ticket sales, but, but that would be good news for OU fans if, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. I mean, the ones that are going to travel on the road. Yeah. So yeah. we'll be excited about every SEC team coming in except Missouri. So, okay. <laughs> so your home schedule the first four years is going to be amazing. I'm, I'm excited to play. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you this hour of the rush. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Text line does point out that OU nearly lost to Vandy last time they came to town. 1977, mm. OU won 25-23. Okay. Let's hope for uh let's not hope for another nail biter this time around. Huge year for Vandy um that season. So Greg from Lawton says I thought it was a fifteen thousand allotment. Not sure though. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Fifteen thousand, that's that would be uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I feel like it was I heard someone text in seven, but I I have no idea what it is, but I would expect most weeks, whenever we're hosting a home game, you know, obviously it'll vary depending on the opponent somewhat, but I think we're going to, at least the first cycle where it's for teams' first times coming here, there's going to be a lot of folks show up. Uh, are we going to renovate the stadium and add more seating? Ask the 405. We're no. going to renovate the West Side press box and suites. We're not going to add seating. Not in the immediate future. Right. It's OU football. I don't care who we play. I've been going for 50 years, says the texture in the 405. All right. Gunny says, what about the fight in 82s? Are you excited to play them again? I'm very excited to beat Texas A&M once again. Is that what they are? Well, the fight in 83s because it's been, I think we counted it last year, it's been 83 years since they've won a national championship. Um, I feel like the A&M hate is maybe as strong now as it's ever been towards them. And you haven't played him since what the 2012 season? Would you agree with that? Um, I think the entirety of college football is annoyed with Texas A&M. Yep. Everyone took Saban and Alabama side on that one last year. A lot of that has to do with the fast talker that they've got as head coach, which I'm sure is a great guy and, and all, but. And I'm sure he's pretty persuasive when he gets in a room with recruits and and is is chatting kids up. But I, whenever you're on the outside viewing it and just kind of watching him operate, he gives you a bit of a of a I, I don't know 
It's just not a good vibe, I don't think. It's it's like he's nervous and fast-talking. He's trying to hide something from you and moving on to the next point real quick and really defensive about everything, any type of pushback he gets now, I get you this new used Chevy here. It's got about 200,000 miles on it, but I get it for you for $8,000. dollars You give me eight eighty down, all right? I'll get you in this thing. You can drive off in it today. Well, I – Is that what you meant? Is yes. that what you were trying to say? Yeah. I thought, I thought probably so. Yeah. But he's, you know, hey – um, you got to have some villains out there. You got to have some some teams that people dislike a bit. And I think right now A and M is is there. And you know, part of it for them has worked because you know attention, good, bad, or whatever. You know, it's worth a lot of money, and attention brings eyeballs, and eyeballs bring money, and recruits, and Somehow they've still, despite not winning anything, still they've been able to bring in some really good recruiting classes. You thought the Big 12 was dramatic in their schedule release this year, says the texture in the 214. Wait until the drama around our first SEC set schedule. Good Lord, so much drama, and I'm here for it. Yeah, that first I, – I don't know what the rest of the – SEC is going to feel like I mean I, I think it'll be a big deal for everyone because it's kind of the new um, it's the new three team groups that you're locked into and everyone kind of wants to see how it will fall so I bet that first schedule release will be a, uh, a big deal and dramatic yes be the first time that OU's watched a uh, schedule release on TV right because you know they're going to air it on the SEC network I I don't know why more conferences haven't done something like that. Like, I guess for the Big 12. Yeah, they you kind of need. You could have done it this year, but. With an ESPN Plus. Log on to ESPN Plus. Well, I'm just saying, like, previous years it doesn't work because you play everyone every year yeah. and you kind of know exactly what's going to unfold. But uh, at least for this initial situation, the SEC, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting. Uh, OSU announced today that they will not have a spring football game due to construction at Boone Pickens Stadium. Fans will, however, get a meet and greet with players instead. And like we mentioned earlier, it feels like OSU hasn't had a spring game in like five years. They what, probably had one more recent than that, but it sure doesn't feel like what it. What do you do at a meet and greet? Get something signed? Is that, where you, is that kind of like what OU uh, used to do? Yeah, probably – Something similar, sure. I, I think Gundy should invite him out to the farm Damn. and show him how, here's how we take care of our animals out here, you know. <laughs> A day out on the farm with uh, Coach Gundy instead. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, the spring game is hyped a little bit too much as far as its importance for what the what the future holds for the actual football team. But I think it's a great way to to get out and see what a new look team is going to look like. And I mean, Oklahoma State's going to have a a lot of new faces on that roster with uh, some of the turnover that they've had in the transfer portal. And the same thing with Oklahoma. I think that's why a lot of people like to come out, see some of the the young faces, the early arrivals, and get to know the transfer portal guys a little bit more, where they're going to be on the field. How they move around out there, so I think it's good stuff. Did you hear that OU is only the uh, sixth most impressive college football program over the last 100 years? I saw 
you put something out there on Twitter yeah. because of that. So it's the uh, Kelly Ford ratings? Is that what it is? I have no idea what that is. Uh, Kelly Ford ratings. So they have a power rating scale from 0 to 100 with 50 representing the FBS average. Kelly Ford ratings notes teams must play at the highest level of college football in the year listed in the chart title and at least 50% of the years since to be eligible for this ranking. Does that does that make sense at all? Yeah, I guess. So, like, a, a lot of teams who didn't make their rise until, like, 1990 or later uh, were not included in some of these rankings. So, gotcha. like, you know, a couple of those schools from the state of Florida, right? Right. Um, whatever, but still, OU was ranked as – the number six program in the past 100 years behind USC at five, <laughs> Michigan at four, who their last outright national championship was in like the 60s or something like that. I think maybe even further back than that. Notre Dame at three, Alabama at two, and Ohio State at one. I don't know how these they formulated these rankings. I just know it's crap how they formulated it. To say that OU is the sixth best program historically behind Michigan of all people, give me a break on that one, please. That's weird. Do they give like win percentage, overall wins? Like, is there really nothing? There wasn't anything that they cited here exactly what they used, which would have been very helpful as to how they came up with these rankings. Who the hell is Kelly Ford, anyways? No idea. Never heard of he or she or whoever that is. Huh. Wow. Well, I think it's uh, biased and rigged, and they should all be fired. We will uh, not be recognizing the Kelly Ford ratings as a legitimate rankings from uh, here on out. Yeah. hmm. That seems uh, curious at best. Uh, you, You better give us a metric there because, like, as far I mean, 100 years. The you had to go back a hundred years to include Michigan in it. Seriously, yeah, when they were like the only college football team playing with 20s. about eight other schools. Yeah, that was it. Cleaned up in the twenties. I'll expect Michigan to be falling off the list as the uh, <laughs> as the years <laughs> these, roll. These, these last two years have really uh, yeah. kept them relevant in this ratings list. But it's like, really, OU number six? Come on. Yeah, they got crap. beat by TCU in the uh, in the semifinals. So, yeah, right? that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Won't mention what happened to OU against TCU this year. Ah, it's, it's irrelevant. Man. Maybe that's how Kelly Ford came up with these ratings. Who fared the best against <laughs> TCU? I don't know. Yeah, we had like how how many losing seasons has Michigan had since we've had our last losing season? Um, like in between our well, losing seasons, I know that uh, I think Brady Hoke had one at one point. Uh, Rich Rod probably had one. Uh, a, a few to yep. answer your question. All right. Quicks to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio, it is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas and Teddy Lehman. You uh, hear from Seth Luttrell over the weekend? I have not. Over the last few days? What's the latest? 
Uh, there is no latest. That's why I was asking. What do you mean? I, I mean, there is no, like, latest update as to I, – I mean, there was a thought, um, and it's probably still there, but a week ago that he was going to be on the staff at some point in an off-the-field role, which is technically an on-the-field role now. But either he's gone radio silent with you or you refuse to say anything about it. I can't um, tell which one is – which one's going on. I've heard nothing. Or I haven't. Um – don't know what that means. Don't know if uh, something is imminent. If something else, another opportunity. I have. I honestly do not know. So we'll see. I know that. I think. Uh, I think it'd be a good addition to the staff. You know, he. Gosh, he was at. Was he at North Texas for like eight, nine he years? He was he was at North Texas longer than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why I thought it was just like a four year stop, but no, he was there. He was there when they had that Locust Grove quarterback, Mason Fine, I think. Yeah. Was he there yeah. for like all three or four years that mm-hmm. he was there? He was a really good player there. Really good player. Yeah. Um and you know, that's that's whenever he had that hot start. He had Mason Fine, really good quarterback right out of the gate and really couldn't couldn't replace his talents there um and you know obviously he struggled a little bit as time moved forward but yeah I think it'd be a good addition to the staff if if they're lucky enough to get him be awesome if not you know he's he's been there a long time been a head coach he's got the opportunity to to get paid a year basically to to not do anything and maybe regroup a little bit figure out exactly what direction he wants to go um, you know, spend some probably needed time with his family. And I don't know. I wouldn't shock me either way. Wouldn't shock me if, if he, you know, kind of takes a year away. Wouldn't shock me if he's, uh, he's locked in and a part of the staff, you know, soon. Don't know. Uh, text line Curtis B says, Teddy and Tyler, I know our home schedule next year stinks. It's an easy schedule, but guys, we need an easy one. And I want to see the Sooners dominate every game at home and most of the road games. I hope we play Texas close oh. and can have at least a one or two lost at most for 2024. Oh. I'll be in the top ten in 2024. Gotcha. Curtis B. <laughs> Man. Just play it close against Texas. I I agree with everything that you said in there except for – Keep it close with Texas. That that may get you banned by the rest of the uh, ref army. It's been a while. That's well, I guess maybe we some people said that going into the game last year. Just keep it close, but you don't hear that very many times. Yeah, man. Is that Curtis must have to? seen Arch Manning in uh, spring practice and like, oh, this kid is the real deal. Hey, I knew six and seven was a bad year, but I had no idea it was going to get us to just keep it close territory. <laughs> Against an eight-win team from last year. All right. Yeah. Man, brutal, brutal. Also, this is for the 405, why do we care about Texas A&M? That's like caring about the guy at the office who always says he'll beat me in ping pong and never does. All he's done is taken a few of the donuts when I wanted one. Five-star recruits, LOL. Uh, it's fantastic text. Nice job. I don't think – I guess maybe I can't speak for everyone. I'll speak for myself. I do not care about A&M. I, I care 
and think it's ridiculous how much attention A&M gets, which basically forces me to continue continuously talk about how irrelevant A&M is. But I understand the logic. Like, it's circular. I can't talk about how irrelevant A&M is whenever I talk about how irrelevant they are all the time, you know? But it's... I guess it's an annoyance. It's that, an annoyance is what it is. That they get conversation, they get um they get coverage nationally constant. Um this is the I mean it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Texas, yes. man. They they started turning into that and I've already heard it this off season of A and M can't stand but to be better this year. Here's how many four- and five-star recruits they've had right. in the past four years, even with losing all those guys. Like, A&M's got to be better. And it's almost the, ah, oh, welcome to the yearly Texas conversation. Right. But I do understand the text. The text is correct. Um, but they're also really fun to make fun of. Easy to make fun of. Easy to make fun of. And we need some easy targets around here, you and I do. Um, we've got to take the low-hanging fruit, and A&M happens to be exactly that. Fans, program, uh, their fake military uh, cheerleader guys, their head coach. I mean, I mean, all of it. What do you mean fake military? Is it not – what's the, what's I'm the ma- story I'm mainly there? making fun of their uh, yell leaders that they okay. have there. They, those guys think that they're the stars. Yeah, it's – I think they forget that they're there to watch the the team, and it's kind of more about the fans, which happens when you haven't won a championship in 1939. Not since 1939. I get it. Is Memorial Stadium up to SEC standards? Says the 405. Shouldn't we bulldoze it and build a new stadium at University North Park? Is that why we lost out on David Hicks? <laughs> that is the type of text message I'm here for. I love that. Oh man. Uh, I think better comp- better shopping over there at University <laughs> North Park. We lost out one time to shopping. Don't get it again. While I think that's a great text message, I think it's a little bit different between the LNC and uh, Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium. I think uh, I think we do a pretty good job of filling that one up. Uh, definitely need some renovation. Need some things uh, to go on there on the west side, and I think that that's coming. But I don't think we need to move it to uh, the University of North Park. Let me test your magical powers. Before Friday, you had guessed correctly, I think, four consecutive betting lines for OU basketball games. Yeah. And at least two of them were dead on balls accurate. Friday, you failed miserably. In the OU-TCU spread, you had OU as uh, favored, TCU was favored by two. I think I said it backwards of what I meant. Oh, okay. But still, well, you're right. let's see. I failed. Tomorrow night, Bedlam, 8.30 on ESPNU. See if you can do it again. What's the spread? I think it's going to be Oklahoma State minus four and a half. Ooh, not nah, Too mean, much? Yeah, way too much. OSU really? minus one. Well, they haven't seen the other two games. <laughs> All right. You're taking shots at the well, basketball program today. Do we have a player over 6'4 on our team? 
six three, hey, six three and a half. It's it's close. Do we have it's a player close. that plays over six four on okay, our team? That's fair. They that's lost to uh, OSU by ten in Norman, and they lost to OSU by sixteen in Stillwater. Yeah, it's it is not a good matchup for us. It's a it's a, when OSU's healthy, it's a very bad matchup as right. we've seen. Are they are they going to be missing some guys in the game? Uh, I mean, I don't think anything new. Anyone knew that we didn't know already. Okay, yeah. Tickets as low as four dollars tomorrow night at the T-Mobile Center. Hmm. Is there a point where tickets get cheap enough to where there's just really give them out? It's yeah. not a point anymore. I mean, we give out tickets all the time on the air. Maybe they should just do that. <laughs> ESPN matchup predictor: OSU has a fifty-eight point four percent chance to win. See, matchup predictor betting line giving you a little hope. Yeah, I think the matchup predictor is maybe a little bit more in line. 60-40, I think, is probably about right, don't you? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, they've beaten you by – has any team in the Big 12 beaten you by double digits in both games? And I don't – I'll the look The game at where that. they won by 10, if I remember right, we made a – we tried Correct. to make a game of it late. And Golly, is OSU the only team in conference this year to beat you by double digits in both games? I, th- I think that they may be. Yeah. Because KU only beat you by four in Lawrence, right? They beat you pretty bad in Norman. Baylor only Baylor beat you by two games, yeah. in, in Norman. So that's that's the lone team that's done it this year. Jeez. Yeah. Well, well you could knock them out of the tournament tomorrow if hey, you beat them. That's right. That's motivation enough. That's where we've uh, – We've we've come. Just keep it close. Trying to be a season ruiner. Just keep it close. <laughs> Man, Curtis B, I don't know, brother. That was that's something. You take a day off from the text line, have a little self reflection after after that comment. We love you. We just we need you to regroup. Maybe have a cold beverage or something. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a cold beverage and watch the 2000 and the 2003 OU Texas games tonight to to get your confidence back up. Right. Yeah. Or frankly watch any OU Texas game over the last however many years except for last year's game. Right? Because not representative of where the two programs are in my opinion. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up, we've got the final segment next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Are you in need of purchasing your own health insurance? Final segment, wrapping it up on this Tuesday. It is the Rush on the Ref, the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour of the Rush. Uh, in case you missed it, OSU currently listed as a one-point favorite over OU tomorrow night in Kansas mm. City. 8.30 on ESPNU. West Virginia listed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas Tech in the uh, early game. OU wins uh, Bedlam round three. They will play Texas on Thursday night at 6 p.m. Air Comfort Solutions text line says, Does OSU get upset with us tomorrow if we win and celebrate by having Doc Sadler crash his van through the arena wall like the opening scene in Scario? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to yeah. say like the Kool Aid Man, but either I thought one I was going to say like the Scooby Doo Van uh, pulling through, but that's very funny. Um, 
I don't know what the protocol is. That's what we need. The, we need the university president to let us know what's an acceptable way to celebrate. Shall we win? Hard to beat a team three times in a single season in basketball. That said, we lose tomorrow night and don't even get an NIT bid. That's from <laughs> Rennie. Is that, that wouldn't be true, right? We they lose tomorrow night. There'd be two games under five hundred. I, I wouldn't say that's likely. Really? Okay. But I also have not seen an NIT bracketology. Who's going to do that? <laughs> that sounds like a flow sports thing, right? An NIT bracketology. Oh man! You should do that just just as a troll tonight. Do it. Post an NIT bracketology. I'm go- I'll just post. I'm not going to do a whole thing. I'll do my first four out. <laughs> <laughs> NIT. NIT first four out. Bubble watch Oklahoma Oklahoma State <laughs> on Wednesday. NIT bubble watch. Uh, some people would take that way too seriously if you did that. I know. I know it. Well, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy game for him. But, hey, Tyler, we know the formula, right? Hit shots. Hit shots, and hopefully they have an off night. Yeah, especially after you said that OU doesn't have a player over 6'4". They're basically <laughs> a Class B basketball team rolling out there tomorrow night in Kansas I- City. Didn't if you went to the big house that. this weekend to watch Class A and Class B boys state tournament games, that's what Teddy's saying that OU is gonna look like tomorrow night. Not true. Like Fort Cobb running out there. It's going to be a good game. Um uh, our problem is like if because they're gonna go inside and if Tanner Groves gets in foul trouble, which has happened a lot, like that's that's the new um recipe whenever you play Oklahoma, is go inside, even if it's not necessarily the strength of your team, and force us into foul trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah. big news out of the OU Board of Regents meeting today. Um, the campus area is going to look a lot different in, say, what, five years? Yeah. You're going to have a massive new football facility. Two years. Two years, yeah. You're going to have a massive new football facility. You're going to have a new softball stadium. Yeah. It'd be nice if you have a new baseball stadium by then, but probably not. Well, see, that was the interesting thing is I didn't see, and maybe this is out there, I just didn't see it, an update on any of like the groundbreaking for any of this stuff. No, I didn't I didn't see that either. Yeah. Uh, maybe it came out today. And as you pointed out earlier, a giant parking lot where the <laughs> LNC once stood. <laughs> LNC reimagined parking lot. All right. Fun day. You guys killed it on the text line as always, except for Curtis B. Come on. We've got to do better, guys. Got to do better. Uh, you guys drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's all go have an ice cold Pacifico. Closing time.